self-development with tactics. So today we're going to talk about attraction and I have been, um, you know, the reason why I'm going through this is, first of all, it is something that I've always been quite interested in, like why are uh, certain types of people more attractive than certain other types of people, um, which is actually coming from a, maybe a, from a pretty sad place, I guess, you know, it's probably coming from a place of, okay, what could I be doing, you know, in terms of what could I wear? What could I could I do in terms of behavior that makes me more attractive to the opposite gender, at least in my case. But yeah, and therefore I uh, have, you know, not really on purpose, but out of accident, I've just now seen a video by Jordan Peterson where he's kind of, you know, some sort of explaining like uh, eye contact and, and whatnot. I wasn't able to just get to the whole plot or to the whole point of, of the video. But yeah, you know, just because I want to now do something else and or do my own thing, which is going through certain articles and the articles are going to be down in the description. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go through all of them and I don't know if all of them have something, you know, interesting to say, but we're going to see. How Evolution Explains Attraction, which is a HuffPost article by Zaish Devshi, author, crime fighter and entrepreneur. And it is an article from the 16th of, is it November? No, it's not November, September 2014. The way relationships form between people has always fascinated me. How does science explain attraction? Through my study of psychology, I came to understand this a little better and found it fascinating trying to explain and what the science in attraction was from the evolutionary perspective, which is something that's utterly interesting, you know, because, I mean, there is reasons for quite everything. And there is also definitely reasons for why we are attracted to certain types of people and so on and so on and so on. The way relationships form between people has always fascinated me. So how does science explain attraction? Within psychology, sexual selection theory is used to explain attraction. But what is this? Well, you've heard of Darwin's, Darwin's theory of evolution, right? Well, unfortunately, when he came up with his theory, there was one big problem with it. To give you a quick brief, Darwin's theory of evolution purposes uh, proposes, I'm sorry, that through a process of natural selection, the animals who are the fittest survive, which to some degree I think makes just sense, really does. Fitness uh, relates to an animal's ability to, to ability to adapt to their environment, either physically or through their behavior. So what would happen over time if that animal who were born with traits that suited their environment had a greater chance to reproduce and thus pass on those successful traits to their next generation. But this theory had a problem as Darwin noticed many animals had features and traits that actually appeared to hinder their ability to survive within their environment. For example, take the peacock and its huge tail. Why would an animal have such a huge tail when it simply when it simply added weight and made evasion from predators more difficult. Surely natural selection would filter such a trade out. It should really, but not unless there was something else that was fighting against natural selection. 
This is where he created sexual selection theory, the idea that some features in people evolve simply because the opposite sex finds them attractive. But why? Why are some features more sought after than another? These features evolve because they show the opposite sex that even if they have traits that hinder them, they can survive, which ultimately proves their strong genes. A man named Zahavi explained this better, but more on his theory in a moment. Take men and women for example. Men find youth and beauty far more important in their female partner, while women tend to place an emphasis on the ability to provide and care for them, which is resources. Which I think makes sense if you think about it from an evolutionary perspective. Physical traits and appearance are important to women, but what we have found is they tend to place a much less emphasis than men. Which is quite interesting, like why do men find that so important? Evolutionists propose this would have developed because they are more concerned with investment into relationships and what a man brings to the table overall. Women produce a very limited supply of eggs, which gives them only a small window to become pregnant, approximately 300 within suitable ages. Actually, didn't know that. And this means they need to be, to be much pickier with their man. Whoever they decide to be with, there is always the risk of abandonment, which poses a big problem for women as they are the only ones that can be sure of paternity and must then raise a child only they can be certain is theirs. Men cannot be sure of paternity, hence sexual selection actually promotes them to be more uh, promiscuous to maximize their chances of passing on their genes. Therefore, men and women are actually fighting between opposite pressures from evolution, with men in theory decided to be more uh, promiscuous to maximize the chance of reproduction, while women are fighting to keep hold of a man so he can invest in them and their child. Which, if you think about it, just makes sense. I mean, as a woman, if you get pregnant and you're alone, it is way worse. It's way worse. It's way easier if you're having a man. It's, it's way easier if you're having or when you're having another person. You know, whether it is a man, whether it is another woman, I don't give a shit. You know, but it just makes it more quote-unquote bearable. It makes it easier because you have two people to provide. You know, two people that are able to do something. Something uh, worthwhile, you know. Work, searching for food and whatnot. Incredibly interesting. Therefore, for men to choose their partner, attraction needs to be based on signals that tell a man that woman is fertile and it's for this reason women place a greater emphasis on appearance. So which is, you know, makeup, nails, hair, lipstick, eyeliner, you get the idea. It's also why youth is more important to men as this is a key sign of fertility for them. And also of health, I guess, you know, if this person looks healthy, then I would say and I would think that the child souls are going to be healthy. Like, yeah. For women, however, they need a man that's able to provide care, be emotionally supportive for them and their child, and support them all while ensuring they don't abandon them. Security and stability is therefore more important to women overall from an evolutionary perspective. From a physical perspective, signals for attraction in men are the broad shoulders, square jawline, and signs of physical strength. The cells of women or women any children will be healthy and strong as initially they are looking for features that could be passed on to children. Such features can only be produced in a man with high testosterone, which is actually bad for the immune system. However, is it? 
which is actually bad for the immune system. However, this brings me back to Sahavi's theory. If a man is able to display such traits and still be seen as physically strong, he must have good genes, right? Just like the peacock's tail, therefore this becomes initially attractive for women. Unfortunately, as with most evolutionary theories, for behavior it becomes difficult to prove this either way. Intelligence is seen as attractive for some, but then evolutionists argue this is because it's a key quality needed for survival. You see, that's the problem with evolutionary approaches to behavior. You can never prove or disprove them for certain. In fact, although science may, able to, may be able to explain attraction using evolution, theories for the formation of relationships suggest something else goes on is that which is more psychological. You know what? I don't want this video to load there. Please go away. Let's check out this other article. Maintenance mode is on. Site will be available soon. <laughs> well, thank you, bitches. Um, theories for the formation of relationships. Relationship forming theory. Let's see if I can find something. Relationship formation. Proximity is a major situational factor in relationship formation. People who have frequent contact are more likely to form relationships. Whether or not individuals will form a relationship is based on non-situational factors such as similarity, reciprocity, self-disclosure and physical attraction. There's also a slide share. Simply psychology, relationship theories, revision notes. Predictors of romantic relationship formation. I mean, there are so many interesting things. I'm not gonna fucking die. Well, okay, this is a 10-page thing, I guess. Let's actually see what the other articles that I've seen um, are talking about. Looks interesting. It is by the neurosciencenews.com site, and it is an article from 2015. 15. Male attraction to certain body types has evolutionary roots. A psychology study from the University of Texas at Austin sheds new light on today's standards of beauty, attributing modern man's preference for women with a curvy backside to prehistoric influences. The study, published online in Evolution and Human Behavior, investigated man's made preference for women with a theoretically optimal angle of lumbar curvature, which is a 45.5 degree curve from back to buttocks. Buttocks? Allowing ancestral women to better support, provide for, and carry out multiple pregnancies. So this is actually the case. Uh, what's fascinating about this research is that it is yet another scientific illustration of a close fit between a sex-differentiated feature of human morphology, in this case lumbar curvature, and an evolved standard of attractiveness, said the study's co-author David Buss at UT Austin Psychology Professor. This adds to a growing body of evidence that beauty is not entirely arbitrary or in the eyes of the beholder, as many in mainstream social science believed, but rather has a coherent adaptive logic. Which I, by the way, think is totally the case. I mean, there is just some people that are attractive to so many people. And I mean that there must be reasons for that. You know, there must be reasons for, even if those people can't really explain it. You know, which apparently, and... Um, well, maybe also out of experience, 
just happens, you know. Some people just, I don't know, are more attractive than some other people, you know. Whether you can say why it is the case or not, um, it doesn't actually matter in the end for you, you know, quite. But it's still interesting. But yeah. So women with a less vertebral wedging at the third to last lumbar vertebra, which is the L3, and B greater wedging resulting in a more acute angle of lumbar curvature. A psychology study from the blah 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 Shetsni Light and today's standard beauty blah, blah blah. So what is better now? Is it better now if I'm just having a more of a curvature or less? Or both? Well, the research led by UT Austin Alemanus and Bilken University psychologist David Lewis consisted of two studies. The first looked at vertebral wedging and underlying spinal feature that can influence the actual curve in women's lower backs. About 100 men rated the attractiveness of several manipulated images displaying spinal curves ranging across the natural spectrum. Men were most attracted to images of women exhibiting the hypo what hypothesed what hypothesized optimum of 45 degrees of lumbar curvature. This spinal structure would have enabled pregnant women to balance their weight over the hips, Lewis said. These women would have been more effective at foraging during pregnancy and less likely to suffer spinal injuries. In turn, men who preferred these women would have had mates who were able to provide for fetus and offspring and who would have been able to carry out multiple pregnancies without injury. The second study addressed the question of whether men prefer this angle because it reflects larger buttocks or whether it really can be attributed to the angle in the spine itself. Approximately 200 men were presented with groups of images of women with a different buttock size and vertebral wedging but maintaining a 45.5 degree curve. When consistently preferred women whose spinal curvature was closer to the optimum regardless of buttock size. This enabled us to conclusively show that men prefer women with uh, who, I'm sorry, exhibit specific angles of spinal curvature over buttocks, buttock mass, said studies co-author Eric Russell, a visiting researcher from UT Arlington. Which is really interesting. Gotta have to say that. Hmm. Crazy. This morphology and man's psychological preference toward it have evolved over thousands of years and they won't disappear overnight. This tight fit between evolutionary pressures and modern humans' uh, psychology, including our standards of attractiveness, highlights the usefulness that an evolutionary approach can have for expanding our knowledge, not just of the natural sciences, but also the social sciences, Lewis said. And that's it with this article. Let's see what I'm having there. Nothing. Well, amazing. There is also one by the Independent, the scientific rules of attraction. Then in the worst, physical attraction can be explained by more than just evolution. Well, this is actually a very... What is that? A very short one. So I'm going to read, or I'm dumb and facial attraction. No, it's, it's, it's not a short one, but, but yeah, I want to go through that one. I don't know why. We're just gonna do it. Physical attraction can be explained by more than just evolution. Scientists, and this, by the way, is by inverse, 
and is a 2018 article. Scientists still haven't figured out exactly why humans are attracted to each and another. According to a controversial 2017 study from the Proceedings of the Royal Society B, researchers claim evolutionary reasons for attraction, while anthropologists say culture is actually the most important factor in determining how we rate attractiveness. In the study, female subjects were given a set of photos, each of man's torsos, no faces, just their bodies, and were then asked to pick which male they found more attractive. The team of psychologists found that of the 160 women, zero of them considered the male with a weaker-looking torso to be the more attractive of the two. With that, the, well, no, how could you define or how do you design weaker? You know, is this dependent on mass? You know, probably. With that, the psychologists determined the study conclusive, Calking it up to evolution, our female ancestors would have preferred a stronger man who could win fights and hunt animals, right? Well, maybe. The study suggests that biolo biology dictates what people find attractive, but the scientists left one crucial factor out of their study. They didn't interview any of the women about why they choose the more muscular man. So apparently it is about muscularity. Hmm. Anthropologists believe the reason why we find someone attractive is heavily influenced by our culture. We consider celebrities to be good-looking because with the sway of magazines, movies and ads, that's what we are trained to think. This also changes with the times. In the 1930s, boxer bots were in. By the 70s, we liked mustache. Mustaches? How do you... Mustache. Isn't it? Mustache. Anyway, and a lot of body hair, and in the 90s, we loved big butts. We adjusted what we find appealing as the public opinion also changed. But without more data, and especially without even interviewing test subjects, it's impossible to pinpoint exactly what is responsible for Harry Styles making us swoon. Why China Panda roll? Well, it's actually short. Really interesting. You know, even though it's, it's not that well written, I gotta have to say that. But anyway... And there is an abstract. There's also a Psychology Today article from 2016. Flirting. Let's actually go through that one. It is a little bit of a longer one, but it is what it is. The biology of attraction. Much of courtship and mating is choreographed by nature. In fact, nature designed men and women to work together. In an apocryphal story... A colleague once turned to the great British genetics, no, geneticist, J.B.S. Haldane, and said, Tell me, Mr. Haldane, knowing what you do about nature, what can you tell me about God? Haldane replied, He has an uh, inordinate fondness for beetles. Indeed, the world contains over 300,000 species of beetles. I would add that God loves the human mating game, for no other aspect of our behavior is so complex, so subtle, so pervasive. And although these sexual strategies differ from one individual to the next, the essential choreography of human courtship, love and marriage has mirrored the signs that seem etched into the human psyche, the product of time, selection and evolution. They begin with oh, they begin the moment men and women get within courting range with the way we flirt. In describing these strategies, I make no effort to be 
politically correct. Nature designed men and women to work together, but I cannot pretend that they are, are alike, because they are not. And I have given evolutionary and psychological, uh, bi biological explanations for their differences where I find them appropriate. Flirting. Women from places as different as the jungles of Amazonia, the saloons of Paris and the highlands of New Guinea apparently flirt with the same sequence of expressions. First, the woman smiles at her admirer and lifts her eyebrows in a swift jerky motion as she opens her eyes wide to gaze at him. Then she drops her eyelids, tilts her head down and to the side and looks away. I'm gonna repeat that. First, the woman smiles at her admirer and lifts her eyebrows in a swifty or swift jerky motion as she opens her eyes wide to gaze at him. Then she drops her eyelids, tilts her head down and to the side and looks away. Frequently, she also covers her face with her hands, giggling nervously as she what the fuck <laughs> retreats behind her palms. This sick sequential flirting gesture is so distinctive that German ethiologist Irinaus Abel Abesfeld was convinced it is innate, a human female courtship ploy that evolved eons ago to signal sexual interest. Men also employ courting tactics similar to those seen in other species. Have you ever walked into the boss's office and seen him leaning back in his chair, hands clasped behind his head, elbows high and chest thrust out. Perhaps he has come from behind his desk, walked up to you, smiled, arched his back and thrust, thrust his upper body in your direction. If so, watch out. He may be subconsciously announcing his dominance over you. If you are a woman, he may be courting you, courting you instead. The chest thrust is a part of a basic postural message used across the animal kingdom, standing tall, quote-unquote, dominant creatures puff up. Codfish polish their heads and thrust, our, thrust out their pelvic fins. Snakes, frogs and toads inflate their bodies. Antelope and chameleons turn broadsides to emphasize their bulk. Mule deer look askance to show their antlers. Cats bristle, pigeons swell, lobsters raise themselves onto the tips of their walking legs and extend their open claws. Gorillas pound their chest, men just thrust out their chests. Compulatory gaze. The gaze is probably the most striking human courting ploy. Eye language. In Western cultures, where eye contact between the sexes is permitted, men and women often stare initially at potential mates for about two to three seconds, during which their pupils may dilate, a sign of extreme interest. Then the starer drops his or her eyelids and looks away. No wonder the customer... The custom of the veal has been adopted in so many cultures. Eye contact seems to have an immediate effect. The gaze triggers a primitive part of the human brain, calling forth one of two basic emotions, approach or retreat. You cannot ignore the eyes of another fixed on you. You must respond. You may smile and start conversation. You may look away and edge toward the door, but first you will probably tuck at an earlobe. Adjust your sweater. John fitted with your eyeglasses or perform some other meaningless movement, a displacement gesture to elevate anxiety while you make up your mind how to acknowledge this invitation, whether to flee the premises or stay and play the curtain game.
baboon laugh. Baboons gaze at each other during courtship too. These animals may have branched off of our human evolutionary tree more than 19 million years ago. Yet this similarity in vooing persists, as anthropologist Barbara Smuts had said of a budding baboon courtship on the Eburu Cliffs, Eburu Cliffs of Kenya. It looked like watching two novices in a single spa. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, the affair began one evening when a female baboon, Natalia, turned and caught a young male. Alex staring at her. They were about 15 feet apart. He glanced away immediately, so she stared at him. Until he turned to look at her, then she intently fiddled with her toes. On its went, each time she stared each time she stared at him, he looked away. Each time she stared at, at her, she groomed her feet. Finally, Alex caught Talia gazing at him, the return gaze. Immediately, he flattened his ears against his what? Immediately, he flattened his ears against his head, narrowed his eyelids, and began to smack his lips. The height of friendliness in baboon society. Talia froze. Ten for a long movement, she looked him in the eyes. Only after this extended eye contact had occurred did Alex approach her, at which point Talia began to groom him. The beginning of a friendship and sexual liaison that was still going strong six years later, when Smoots returned to Kenya to study baboon friendships. Actually, very, very long article. I'm gonna end it now, I'm gonna finish it up in the next episode. I'm gonna see you next time. Bye-bye.